0: to Project Vox Populi, where the people speak their truth. Terry Lovelace is a 64-year-old lawyer and former assistant attorney general. In 2012, a routine x-ray of his leg found an anomalous bit of metal the size of a fingernail with two tiny wires attached. But followed were horrific nightmares, spontaneous recall, an intrusive thought surrounding the 1977 camping trip he took with a friend to Devil's Den State Park in northern Arkansas. For fear of losing his job and his standing in the legal community, he kept this secret for 40 years. But the 2012 discovery of this object, one and a half inches deep in his thigh, initiated a flood of nightmares he could not control. His poor health and the horrific memories were the catalysts to come forward and finally disclose what happened back in 1977. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Thambergas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Tonight, this is a very special occasion with three segments, three hours. And if you want to get in touch with me, Want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback? Just click on the contact button of our website at VeritasRadio.com. I always love to hear from you. Terry Lovelace was born in 1954 and spent six years in the United States Air Force. He has a bachelor's degree in psychology and a law degree from University of Michigan School of Law. He was in private practice until he entered government service for the U.S. territory of American Samoa, he was also an assistant attorney general for the state of Vermont, where he sat on their board of medical practice until retiring medically in January 2012. Terry Lovelace joins us directly from Dallas, Texas. Hello, Terry, and welcome to Veritas. How are you?
1: Good, Mel. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here.
0: It's my pleasure. Did I say your birthday correct? 1954?
1: It's actually 55, uh, but I'm so close I got a birthday here in about 45 days or so. So, yeah, that's fine.
0: Just wanted to make sure. But you and I spoke for a few hours the other day. You came to me a few weeks ago and shared your story. And I thought it was compelling enough to bring you to Vox Populae. As you know, it's an offshoot of Veritas Radio, in which people tell their truth. Why don't we begin without losing any time at all? I want to be able to spend these two hours discussing your story in chronological order. Would you like to start? When you discovered what happened, the nineteen seventy seven part, or should we go all the way back to your childhood?
1: You know, I, I think I would be more comfortable starting with uh the discovery of the piece of metal. I know that's a little bit out of out of chronological order, but uh, but that's what established... triggers you. Yeah. 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 So in in twenty twelve, in October of twenty twelve, I took a fall down some stairs and, and thought I might have uh, and maybe cracked a decap, or might have broken my leg. And uh, I went to, I get my medical care through the Veterans Administration, and I went to the VA hospital in Dallas and had my uh, had my leg x-rayed. And I could I could tell something was going on because the the tech was confused or acted confused. And you know what should have normally been two shots of my leg, um, she ended up taking eight films in total. And she asked me, are you sure you've not suffered an accident or a shrapnel wound of any kind? Because uh, it looks like you had a piece of metal in your leg. And I was I was surprised. I, well, that's news to me. And she said, well, I've, I've asked a radiologist to come down and take a look at the film. So a few minutes later, radiologist arrived, uh, looked at the film on the view box, and walked right over and poked my thigh and says, it'll be right here. And I said, what will be right here? He says, the scar. There'll be a scar right here where it entered your body. And he uh, wanted to look at my leg. He, I, I don't have a scar. He examined my knee for 20 minutes. He got a black light and darkened the room to look for a scar. And there is none. Uh, and he finally said, "What? Well, I guess you were born with the thing. I asked him, I said, doctor... In, in your experience, how many times have you seen this happen? Uh, and he said, in 23 years of radiology, never. I've never seen this happen. There's always a corresponding car scar where the skin is breached and the object enters, enters the body. So that, that was the beginning. Um, it was the knowledge that I had that in my leg. And there was no way to reasonably account for it. Uh, For some reason, it triggered uh, nightmares. It triggered just a horrendous episode of my life that my wife and I went through in 1977 and 78 and uh, returned things back to the way they were. It it was just – it's just terrible.
0: Did you have those – well – Pieces of metal, I don't want to say implants yet, we'll, we can call them later, but were they removed eventually? They were. Did you go back to the radiologist?
1: I didn't go back to that radiologist, but I did seek a second radiologist. Um, I, I didn't want to go back to the VA's radiologist uh, for a variety of reasons. And I, I sought out a civilian radiologist that I knew uh, in Vermont who was willing to look at both films for me. She saw the before films and she saw the after films and uh, gave me her opinion that uh, what was there when she viewed the film 19 days earlier was gone. And in its stead were two small links of wire. And that were so, left behind. <sighs> accidentally, I believe. I believe the intent was to remove it all. I woke up on the, uh, the 16th of November, with uh, just unbelievable pain in the top of both of my legs, uh, and I had a uh, a wound, I'll call it, uh, like a little bump, a lesion, uh, oddly square shaped, in the center of my, uh, of course, my exactly at the same point on, the, on both legs, uh, and my my legs hurt, hurt deep, you know, deep under the skin. By the following day, the bruises started to appear, and I had just, you know, an outline uh, of bruising all the way around these these red marks. And um, I I was (laughs) I was warned that if I went to pursue uh, this book or if I went to speak publicly about it, that uh, these things would be removed while I slept and they were
0: let's discuss that part later the warning that you get that you were given and so the new doctor didn't give you any new information as to what he thought these things were
1: no 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 every every uh, I guess I've seen a total of four or five doctors uh and they are all baffled by the fact that I, uh, this piece of metal was in my leg, is in my leg, was in my leg, uh, without breaching the skin.
0: You never saw the late Doctor John Lear, did you? No, I did Roger, not. Roger, Roger Lear.
1: Roger, yes. Uh, but in 2013, when I was I was struggling with this, uh, I went online and and saw him. I think he passed away the following year. But yes. at that at that time, I think he was in South America. But. Uh, yeah, I, I I read all about his work and share some things in common with the people that he uh, that he took care of. In the, I'll call them artifacts that he removed, uh, we all kind of shared the same thing, and that is there's no scar. That's the common denominator. There, there there's no scar to account for the uh, item being underneath your skin.
0: And You never detected any radio signal coming out of your leg. <sighs>
1: You know, that's funny you should ask. Uh not a radio signal, but uh well yeah, a radio signal. The the, the item was removed in November twenty seventeen. Uh in January of twenty eighteen, uh I was filming a documentary with Nine Diamond Productions and the Kling Brothers uh in San Antonio, Texas, and they wanted to document uh what happened to me and, and my story. We, we were filming, and I had a uh, microphone on my lapel. It, it fell into my lap, and when it did, their sound guy grabbed his headset, pushed it to his ears, and kind of hushed everyone, and he's listening. And I took the, the microphone, I picked up the microphone, and I held it right over my knee. And he said, now I hear music. And uh it was a radio station from Mexico. The sound guy and Barry Kling, one of the co-producers, said that's absolutely impossible. I guess at the time, the microphone wasn't—you know—was I'm not a I'm not an electric electronics guy, so I don't know. But it, it wasn't hooked up to anything that would, you know, retrieve a signal. So. It it shouldn't have happened. Uh, they have it all documented on film.
0: So could it be that the implant was transmitting something?
1: I I think that has to be. You know, I also have these anomalies uh, underneath the knee, below my knee, I should say, uh, and they're arranged kind of in a flower petal pattern. And when you look at them from beside from the side angle, they look like uh, like little round balls. Uh, but if you look at the shot head on, they are actually disc. Uh, so the, the doctor said that, you know, these have the same density as bone. But he said, you know, there, there shouldn't be any bone in the middle of your calf. He says bone doesn't spontaneously just sprout and grow in the middle of a muscle. He also noted that uh, he found the arrangement. Not only if this was just an anomalous happening, uh, it happened in such a way that they arranged themselves in a pattern, uh, and he found that was very strange and those those items are still in my leg
0: now how do you know you don't have implants in other parts of your body
1: i don't i don't have a I don't have a clue
0: did you say to me the other day that after the implants or implant was it implant or implants?
1: It's implants. Well, I was told that I have one in each leg.
0: Did you tell me that after they were removed, your health changed?
1: Yes, my health has deteriorated since then. In what way? Uh, Well, a dramatic weight loss. Um, When I began collecting notes and preparing everything for the book in 2016, uh, I experienced a weight loss, and that coincided with some Pretty horrific nightmares. Uh, and there were a couple where, you know, I, I kind of got the message that uh, I shouldn't be writing this book. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't speak out. But after whatever was in my leg was removed, my, my weight loss picked up dramatically. And I'm, uh, I, I normally, my weight was normally around 240 since I, I quit running in 2005. Uh, and I'm down to 150 pounds and, I, and I'm struggling to keep weight on.
0: You told me you, you take, uh, supplements every day or what do you call those yes. drinks?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nutrition shakes or something. they mm-hmm. doctor recommended I, I I drink four of them a day.
0: And still you're not gaining weight.
1: And still I'm not gaining weight. Now, uh, you know, I eat as much as I can, uh, And I I concentrate on eating uh, nutrient-dense food, but what is the correlation
0: you think between the removal of these implants and your weight loss?
1: I'm not sure. To me, it seems like punishment. You know, punishment for. uh,
0: But doctors, what are they telling you scientifically? What's going on in your body?
1: Nothing. My my physician ordered. Every possible test you can think of, because there are a host of bad things that can manifest as weight loss. Uh, most of the cancer, most really, really bad things. And we, she ruled out every one of those, uh, did a, you know, a, a broad test of my, of my blood to, to rule out uh, any other kind of possibility. And, uh, Other than the weight loss, I am healthy. I I walk 20 minutes a day, uh, but I don't want to walk too far or it'll accelerate the weight loss. But other than the weight loss, and and she's baffled, she has no idea.
0: So let's go back in time now. This is 2017, November. I didn't know it was just a mere few months ago that you realized this. But is this what triggered... You coming out with the story? Why now? Why after forty
1: years? In 2012, when this was discovered, um, I, I was in shock. I just, I just had trouble processing how this piece of metal could have gotten my leg. But in the back of my mind, I think I knew, and I, I, I really, I really struggled with that. I went online and I read things by Dr. Roger Lear uh, and a couple other people. At that time, there wasn't a whole lot about, uh, implants on the internet. I think it's it's better today. Uh, so Roger Lear was the main source of, of my information. And what struck me was, uh, the common denominator being that there's no, no scar, no, nowhere where the skin was breached for, for the objects to enter. Uh, that, that knowledge, uh, just triggered This flood of horrendous nightmares over over the past forty years. My wife and I have learned since nineteen seventy seven, nineteen seventy seven, nineteen seventy eight. We had had our fill of uh, UFOs or anything like that, and it became a, a non topic in our house. My wife and I had this express agreement. We just didn't discuss it because every time we did uh I'd have a recurrence of these nightmares and I'd wake up screaming. So I, I learned, I think my wife and I were conditioned not to talk about this. And I had I had every intention not to talk about it. Uh but I feel compelled to. My my friend that I went on this camping trip with in nineteen seventy seven, you know, uh this thing, this incident that we went through cost him his life.
0: Let's go back now in time. Let's go back to the beginnings because you had these experiences as a child and you discovered that later under hypnosis, but let's just go back in time.
1: The first incident that I can remember, uh, and my sister was able to bear this out, I was eight years old. We were living in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, kind of an urban, you know, older, uh, down south St. Louis city area. And, uh, I was in my backyard and let me back up. Let me back up one second. Uh, at the same time that this event I'm about to describe happened, I'm having these bizarre dreams about four monkeys. I know it sounds absurd, but, but I'm a child and I'm viewing this through a child's eye. And there were these four monkeys, three feet high or less, that would come into my room and they all wore the same mask with this weird grin. And the same one every time would say, come on with us, Terry, come with us and we'll go play. And as soon as I'd scream, they would vanish into shadows. Now, at the time that this happens, uh, I'm in my backyard on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, it's, it's May and I'm in my backyard and My mom has the windows open. She's inside. I can hear the television. You know, there are normally people around everywhere. And I I had a bow and arrow, and I was I was loading an arrow into the notch of my bow string, looking down, and I saw a shadow, uh, a circular shadow, creep across me. And I thought it must be a cloud. And I looked straight up, and over my head, I I would estimate 50 feet, was this. Absolutely gorgeous, uh, UFO. Uh, I don't know what words to describe it other than it was silver. Uh, it was shiny. There were no bolts, no markings, no portals.
0: Disc shaped.
1: A perfect circular disc. Yes. And it's, it, it's odd. Now I can recall, uh, that There was an odd ionized smell of air. Uh, the hair on my arms stood up, and for some reason, I felt the need to lie down on my back and look up at this thing. Now, that ma- that makes no sense whatsoever.
0: This smell as if it's after it rained.
1: Uh, well, the, the, the lawn had been mowed the day before, so uh, but. I had the the inexplicable urge to lie down to look at this thing. And that's exactly what I did.
2: Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. Because you don't want to believe...